I had a dream that my husband and my brother died and I had gone back to Yale to just visit a classmate who had gone back to be a student again. So she was telling me what it was like and I was asking her why she went back to be a student. And then I went into one of the classes where I was participating and um, then suddenly I remembered my brother died and I just fell on the floor. I collapsed and I was crying. And then Drew Barrymore came in and said, I, I need to give her an agate, an agate's tooth. She was doing a monologue, I think the Queen Mab speech, and I needed to give her an agate's tooth and, um, or agates, whatever that's called. So I was looking through my bag and my bag was full of hair extensions, all different kinds of hair extensions. And she said, that's what I had promised I would give her. And I said, I don't even remember promising you this. I don't even remember. And she was disrupting the class and putting a lot of pressure on me. And um, um, I could not find the hair, any hair that she thought was acceptable to use as an agate. So I kept trying to make it work. And then I opened another bag and I found all these like really expensive hair extensions. And I remembered I accidentally took them from the hairdresser and I needed to get back to New York like right away because I messed up her business. And that's when I woke up. So I think Drew Barrymore was representing my acting career, acting job. I have a lot of anxiety of not being wanted back at my job or um, not, not remembering my role, that kind of thing. And then my brother is a emergency room physician, so I guess that's why he was gone. Very upsetting. I hope everything works out. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is real! Shit is getting real! Shit is real! Hello there, friends. It's me, Darby Worley, and this is a show about how the coronavirus crisis is affecting the lives, the work, the health, the relationships of everyday people. There are lots of shows out there featuring experts and facts and figures and the news and all that stuff. This is not that show. This is just me talking with people I know about how they're getting through this thing. What you heard at the top of the show today was my dear friend Roz Coleman describing a dream she had recently. Dreams are something I've always been interested in thinking about. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of fascinated by how our subconscious works stuff out inside our minds. There are two people in my life who've been... Um, who helped kind of shape me into the, the human being that I am. One was a therapist and one was my acting teacher, Terry Knickerbocker, who longtime listeners will have heard me interview before. Um, and they both use dreams 
uh, as a way of teaching me about how I could be a better person and a better actor. Um, so anyway, I've been kind of asking people to send me these their descriptions of their coronavirus slash stress dreams um, that you're having right now. I mean, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm going to be posting <laughs> all of my dreams. I've been recording some of mine. Um, um, but I think I'm probably not the only one. And I, have, I do have other dreams to share. So I think I'm going to just... Uh, drop one in at the top of the show and you can um, listen and see if they resonate with you at all so and then we'll have an interview every week today the interview is with Jamal Smith who some listeners will remember from his time on the Hillary campaign and our election po- uh, post-mortem from 2016 which was like I don't know what two three decades ago by now <laughs> but I always love talking to Jamal not only about politics, but about life and love and health and stuff like that there. But before we get there, I want to talk about some of the things I've been doing this week to feel better. Um, last episode, I can't remember if it was even um, last week, whenever I posted the, the, the last show, I was having a shit day. I just wasn't feeling, I was feeling bad. The news had gotten to me. I was just not able to pull myself out of... Um, Ah, the funk. I just wanted to be in bed all day. And I shared that with you and just gave you an interview. But today I want to share some of the things that I'm actually doing to feel, uh, make myself feel better. So, or that might make you feel better. Okay. Number one, the cast, the mostly original cast of Hamilton came together to Zoom bomb a girl on John Krasinski's new web show, which is called, I think, um, Some Good News. So this little girl had tickets to see Hamilton, which of course is not happening right now. Her mom tweeted at Lin-Manuel, and then he made something magical happen on Krasinski's show. I don't want to say too much about it, but if you love Hamilton the way that I love Hamilton, and you've not yet seen this video, pause the podcast, go to the show notes, and click on that link right now. You can skip ahead to, I think it's about the 845, 846 mark to see something quite extraordinary, and I think that you will probably cry. Number two, you know that I've been putting some miles on my feet walking all over Clapham Common, and you know that I've been hauling this kettlebell over there to put myself through some workouts, so I know how hard it is just to carry, just to carry the weight from you're flat to a spot in the park and I just kept I kept I kept seeing this young woman in the same spot so I do kind of this big lap all the way around the park and I kept um passing this with this young woman I saw her maybe three or four times and she has these big dumb dumbbells and she's out there just by herself swinging them around doing her work doing her thing and so I think uh, this is probably a couple days ago I waved her down so I'm just kind of like 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 you know like a crazy lady I go, hey 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 and she's looking over her shoulder like me and I'm like yeah 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 you and she pulled her earbud out now I did of course I waited until she was on a recovery I didn't interrupt her set or anything but she pulled her earbud out and I said I just want you to know I said from a safe distance I will reiterate I was quite far away from this lady but I said I just want you to know that I see you out here with those big weights and I know how hard it is just to carry your kit from your from your flat to here and I'm a you know I'm a fitness professional I just I just want you to know that I see you I commend you and you are awesome and she was like oh that means so much you're so kind thank you and she cried a little and I cried a little and then we laughed and it was just like this lovely human moment so now every time I see someone out on the common 
swinging weights around or doing burpees or any other type of extraordinary thing with their body, I just give them a little cheer or a thumbs up or something. And um, I gotta tell you, it makes me feel great. It gives me a little bit of that feeling of um, of the feeling I get when I teach and why and, and why I teach. Um, I always say that nobody feels better at the end of a class than I do. And so this this just doing this is, is giving me a little bit of a little bit of that feeling. Now, I think that the recipients are appreciating it. You know, they, they always smile and say thank you. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe they think I'm just some crazy old lady creeping on them <laughs> during their workouts. But whatever. I'm doing it. It feels good. And then number three, best of all, I've finally got my bike delivered and set up. I got to ride it for the first time and it was amazing. So I got this great deal on a Schwinn. I think it's called an AC Performance Carbon Blue. It has a really long name um, and it rides like a dream. So I used the Peloton app, which is free for the moment. I think they've made it free for 90 days. And I rode with one of my favorite Peloton instructors, Allie Love, and it just did me right. You know, I mean, you guys know that I've been I've been out there working out. I've been doing my thing. I've been getting exercise, but there is just nothing like it for me to be able to get on a bike, put my head down, tunes blaring in my ears and just ride so hard that there's sweat pouring off of my face. That is the feeling that I have been missing, that heart-pounding intensity. Um and just the lift of the music, you know, if I have a confession to make, when, I, I, when I'm outside in the park lifting my weights, I'm usually listening to podcasts, which is not the smartest thing to do because I'm getting like bad news in my ears as I'm trying to lift my mood. So that, um, that wasn't too bright of me. <laughs> just getting back on the bike and having the music, man, that is the thing. So here's the deal about the Peloton app. You can ride any bike with the Peloton app. You don't need the bike. The bike is ridiculously expensive. And for my money, it's not any, it doesn't ride any better than, than a good Schwinn um, or a Stages bike. So you can get, you can find, you can find deals. I know I have a friend in, in New York who got a really good deal on eBay. So look online, you can find any bike. Now, this said, if you have a bunch of friends who have Pelotons and you want to compete um, on their leaderboard, then you do have to have the bike. The app does not give you that experience. But if that stuff isn't important to you, just get a bike, any bike. And newsflash, I think I'm 90% certain that I'm going to be offering some classes myself um, on Zoom or house party, or maybe I'll just record them audio since that's the easiest thing for me but there will be some rides available for you I'm pretty sure from me they're not going to be free because I've committed to some of my other fitness friends who are still teaching and trying to maintain their living since this is my side gig I'm not going to offer offer them for free but they'll be super cheap and um, if you're missing my classes you and you have a way to get a hold of a bike you can still ride with me I think you could also even use the the material that I'm going to put out I think you could even use it just 
on a walk or a run outside. So just watch this space. I will have um, more information for you on that later. And if you're in the UK, if you're in London, and you want to get a hold of one of these Schwinn bikes that, um, that you can get a really good deal on, I'm going to put the link to um, where I got mine in the show notes. I get nothing from this. I'm not, this is not, I'm not getting com a commission or anything. I just want you guys to be able to have a bike because it sounds like we're going to be on lockdown for a while yet. It does not feel like gyms are going to be opening anytime soon. So if you can get it yourself a bike, um, I think you should get yourself a bike. Okay, uh, Jamal Smith coming right up. So Jamal Smith, welcome to Coronavirus Coping Stories with me, Nancy Darby. How are you doing, honey? <laughs> You know, out here in the age of Corona, trying to survive. But, but I mean, honestly, I think I think I'm doing well. I think I I am healthy. My family is safe. I'm safe. You know, we'll get into it. But I, I think I'm holding on, and I'm just gonna just gonna keep pressing forward. Yeah. So tell. So so I have a few questions that I ask every guest, um, and one of those is just tell me. Tell me what your day is like now. What What is your, tell me about your, like, you know, just a typical day in the life of um, how, what, what you're doing. I assume you're working from home. Yeah, I'm working from home. Uh, my weekdays uh, are, are a little different than my weekend. So I get up at around 4.30 and that's because I, I used to teach <laughs> before the Rona fitness classes in the morning. And so I am just accustomed to getting up in the morning going to the gym, teaching a fitness class, and then going into the office all day, and then coming home and chilling out and, or doing something else. Uh, my body is still in pre-Rona days. And so I am naturally waking up at 4.30 in the morning. And I just reached a point where I'm just not going to fight it anymore. So I get up at around 4.30, and I do a workout in my apartment and spend about 30 minutes just kind of with myself, with my thoughts, listening to something positive, whether it's music or uh, a motivational speech. And then after my workout and after that little bit of me time, then I will jump on work calls and chats and will essentially be in one meeting after another, after another, until about 6.30. And then, um, and then it's a struggle. Um, if, if I'm good, I'm able to log off and maybe go for a walk or run, which around, I'm in New York right now, and so 6.30 is around sunset time. If I'm not good, I am still working until like 8 or 9, and then we'll have dinner and try to do something indulgent, like read a book or play some video games, and then hit the bed, rinse and repeat. Hmm. Oh man, I can't, I can't believe you're still getting up at 4.30. That's been the, that's been the struggle for me. My, cause I also, I used to get up at five, you know, five o'clock was my wake up time because of teaching and because that's when I like to work out. But now it's like, now I feel like it's more about, because I have this time zone issue too. So, right. So, so I'm in London, you're in New York. A lot of my friends, if the time that I can kind of like be chatting with them or having Zooms or like last night we had, um, you know, a big, um, a, a cardio, like a dance party with one of a bunch of my friends from Austin. Love it. Yes. Come on, dance party. So I was up till, I was up till, you know, 
midnight and it's like so so my more my my morning routine has yeah. been all screwed but anyway um go back to you were you were saying what happens on the weekends oh, well you know what well, it's, it's interesting that you say about getting up early in the morning like i was trying to fight that when this first started i thought great a brother can sleep in i don't have to worry about no alarm clocks you know i'm gonna get these eight hours but i was naturally just waking up and then like struggling to go back to sleep and then that struggle and not mm. really getting adequate sleep was just like wearing me out the entire day. And I, and actually, you know, let's just keep it real. Like my little, my new routine, it's a work in progress every day. You know, I'm learning something new. I mean, and just this week, I just realized, just don't fight it. If you wake up at 4.30, just wake up, do something, move your body, just kind of keep that rhythm, keep that flow. If you've got some extra time, something fun for you. But I've just learned to just reduce the friction and start to go with the flow. Same thing on the weekends. It's kind of up in the air. I mean, right before this all went down, I moved into a new apartment, like literally a week before all this went down. So I'm still like unpacking and getting mm. settled in. So I feel like, like my weekends have been around just getting life stuff done, my little DIY projects around the house. Um, but I know that's going to end pretty soon. Because <laughs> look, Rona's going to be over soon and I want to be ready. So I feel like I just need to just kind of not let things get too crazy. But I know, and I'm going to have to figure out something to do. Um, I've been, you know, and I got some books lined up, but, you know, it, I know it's going to be, it's going to be a situation coming up pretty soon. So, but that's, that's what my days are like. I like it. I, 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 oh God, Jamal, you're my favorite person right now with your optimism that this is going to be over soon. Um, but I will tell you this, I, um, I'm going <laughs> to, my, my story later is going to be, I'm going to post a photo of my, myself and my husband side by side, because we both cut our own hair um, in the past 12 hours. <laughs> Look, what's the alternative? <laughs> he, and <laughs> Dude, we both used we both used the implements that we usually use to trim our nether regions. Like I have a I have a set of hair scissors that are usually for my <laughs> vagina, and he has a set of shears that are usually for his crotch. So you know, you know, it's wartime, man. What are you gonna do? You guys, <laughs> let's just let's just be thankful that you got a man that trims his crotch because a lot of these people are out here where George is a jungle going on down there. You know, even when even before the Rona. So the fact that you had a man, that you have a man that has implements to keep things under control down there. I mean, you're already winning. You're already winning. I mean, I have my own haircut struggle stories. So um, when all this went down, it's funny. I was ready to work from home. Like I'd mentally prepared for that. I even sort of like mentally prepared to not be able to go to the gym, but I was not mentally prepared for not being able to get my haircut. Like. This might be very stereotypical, but for like mm. a black man, that is just such an integral part of my self-care, you know, experience, getting a haircut. And I just wasn't like mentally ready that I wasn't going to be able mm. to have that. And so I, uh, so I was like, I got to figure something out. So I went on Amazon and like got some, what I thought were clippers. Girl, when these things came, they were dog shears. I got the box open. I see a Labrador retriever on the cover. I said, what kind of clippers are these? They turned up for dogs. They're dog grooming shears. And so, and, you know, and I was so desperate. I was even like on Google, like, can I cut my hair? Can I get myself a fade with dog shears? And then finally, finally, I called up my barber. And I was like, look, I need some help. And he's like, 
put the dog shares down. He, he, he actually went to, and he found a place online <laughs> that, that had the clippers that I needed. He made the order for me, sent it to me, and then what we did is, um, and like, I, I still pay him like, like I was going to go see him, and he got on FaceTime with me and sort of guided me through how to clean myself up, and that's what we're doing. And you know what? It's great. And these, look, yeah. these are skills that you're gonna need even after Rona, because you know you might wanna you might wanna clean yourself up for a little for a little you know, Saturday situation, and you can't necessarily go see your yeah. go, go see your per- person. You know, you know you got the skills. Huh? Yeah. When I was when I was really poor, I cut my own hair. I just cut a little bit every day, and it, it was mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> but I have so my best friend is is also my favorite stylist, and she offered to do the same thing that you're just describing to mm-hmm. me. But how did you do that with like mirroring your camera? Like, how did you know when he was saying like I, I'm 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 worried, and your hair is probably the mm-hmm. same on both sides, but my hair is is asymmetrical, mm-hmm. and I'm worried about like cutting the right part. I don't know. I, I we haven't. We're, we're gonna try it. I haven't yeah. done it yet. But it but it worked okay it, it for worked you. It's okay. I mean, listen. This is all. This whole experience. You know, it's really about measured expectations. I mean, am I gonna walk out of here looking like Michael B. Jordan? You know, no. But I mean, am I <laughs> am I not gonna look crazy? Sure. And that's that's really all my expectation is. This is just not look like twelve years of slave. Like, but to actually like look like I'm keeping myself together. <laughs> He has, a, he has an iPhone. We hit up the FaceTime. I prop up my phone on the ledge. I got a, he, I got a hand mirror. I got the clippers. We just take it one step at a time. I do like one side. He takes a quick look. We do the other side. And we just work it out. Tedious, sure, but effective. And, you know, I'm not looking crazy. Yeah, and you, and you got some human connection in there. Human connection. Which is good. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this, I mean, I, I, know, I mean, about the whole human connection. Yeah. I'm, what has surprised me mm. is I actually thought I was going to be really lonely, kind of like by myself in my apartment, held up. But I actually am doing really well. I, I feel like between the nine you know non-stop work calls that i have which is actually a, a wonderful thing like work calls and work chats and my zoom connections and the stuff i do with my barber and even this i feel like i'm getting human connection and i've been surprised at how not lonely i've been feeling yeah i think that's right i think um so for me so, so i've been living in london now for a little over a year i think it's like 14 or 15 months and um i have i've made very few new friends over here mm. but i never feel lonely because my my friend group has always been i'd say you know 80 percent of our interactions have been online for the past decade yeah, I still talk to all my New York City friends every day, just like we always did. I still have my little knitting, knitting group that we're, you know, chat, chatting all the time. I have my group threads that are open all the time. So it doesn't feel, that part doesn't feel um, that different to me. What feels different and what sends me into like the really dark place is the inability to just hop on a plane and go home. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's the part that's that's really getting me. Yeah. And I know you're having that experience too, oh, because girl. you're separated from you. I'm separated by my family from an ocean. You're separated from your family by a country. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, that's exactly right. I mean, when this all went down, my parents who are my really my whole immediate family is in Los Angeles on the other side of the country. And they really wanted me to come home because they knew as i think i also knew too 
it was really just a matter of where you want to get stuck. <laughs> mm. And they were like, we'd rather have you stuck, you know, here with us, you know, where we could all be together than, you know, in New York. And I was really hesitant and I really struggled with it because on the one hand, I love my family. Spending time with them is really important to me. My connection with my family and being present with them is something, it's a very important priority and value for me. But at the same time, I just, my parents are older. They are in the high risk category. Mm-hmm. Um, I also knew that because work was extremely busy and, and crazy, and it was kind of based on me being in New York, to, to be like three hours ahead, going to be incredibly difficult for me to manage. And it wasn't that I couldn't manage it, but it was that I knew the struggle to manage it would put me in a really bad mood. And what I was also really worried about was not not being a, a present and in a space, like a positive space. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to, I, I just, I know me and I was really worried that if I went back home, not only would I put my parents at risk, but then I would just also be an asshole. I would be frustrated. I would be angry. I'd be mm-hmm. mad that like I'm up at, two o'clock in the morning trying to work and wouldn't have my privacy. And I just wouldn't be, and I just didn't want to inflict that on them. And I really struggled with that. Um, And then it got to a point where like, okay, I can't go anywhere. And I I actually talked to my therapist about this because I actually thought, am I being selfish? And, you know, one of the things that I realized is that I really wasn't being selfish. I was being selfful. I mean, I was doing what, in the moment, what I really thought I needed to do, not only for them, but for myself and for our relationship. And um, that might have been disappointing to them, but it wasn't selfish. It wasn't harming them. It wasn't taking anything away from them. It might have not have been what they wanted or the expectations, but ultimately, like, it was the best, most constructive decision that I could make in that moment. And actually, looking back now with a little bit of hindsight, I do think it was the right decision to make. And you know, I was going to ask you this um, because you know, one of the things I've noticed is that some of my relationships have actually gotten better. Like, so for example, I'm not at home, but my mother and I talk every day now on FaceTime. My mother didn't even know how to use FaceTime before all of this, so she's on the. You know, so I feel like we're mm. connected a lot more. And my brother and sister, who I'm really close with, we are also just communicating a lot more. And I think and a lot deeper now. And like one of the things that we do mm. every week that has been so special to me, my sister and I like Westworld. We got my brother in the Westworld. And now every Sunday we Zoom together and we watch Westworld together. And it actually turns into this two hour thing because we're talking and we're chatting. My mother will call me up on FaceTime. I'll put her, you know, I'll put her next to the computer so she can see my brother and sister on Zoom. And it's just become this really wonderful thing and and that relationship has actually gotten deeper and better through all of this yeah we're having something similar with kelvin's family so we've been kelvin's family has been really good about it tried doing it with my family and we got them to do one zoom and then our our this last week's sunday zoom kind of fell apart i think because it was really nice out in minnesota and people the first weekend that it's really nice out in minnesota people kind of lose their minds and so we lost like most of the family to um to, to the nice weather and then my parents couldn't for some reason couldn't get into the, into the zoom you know but but then, but then i ended up having like a really nice hour-long conversation with just my niece and and kelvin so that was cool what neighborhood are you in now so now i am in columbus circle so 
another great thing is I am a block from the park, Central Park. I am two blocks from the West Side Highway, and there's an amazing park along the West Side Highway. And one of the things I've been doing with my free time is just exploring my neighborhood, even on walks and runs. So I've been running through the park almost every day, which has been great, because it's just like every time I turn around, there's a new trail to run down. I've been running up the West Side mm-hmm. Highway, just really exploring my new hood. And and that's been that's been a wonderful wonderful way to spend my time. Yeah, How, what's it like on the ground there in terms of you know run, running through the parks? Because I usually go. Mm. I live on Clapham Clapham Common, which is kind of like more like Prospect Prospect yeah. Park is more like what it feels like. We don't have a lot of trees, but sometimes day, sometimes of the day it's people are really good about staying out of your way. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And then sometimes the, of the day it's it, it starts to get really crowded, and I'm afraid they're mm-hmm. going to close the parks down. Right. How are you feeling about that? You know, it's been an evolution. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when we when the first week of social distancing uh, was also like the first nice weekend in New York. And similar to what you're saying about your folks in Minnesota, when the weather gets nice out here in New York, I mean, people lose their minds. And so folks are just out in the park frolicking like it was summer and, and treating this whole situation like we all got a free vacation. And then, so it was social distancing, what, please? People weren't worried about that. And so it was busy, it was packed, it was like wall-to-wall people. Um, and then the mayor and the governor basically threw down the gauntlet and said, if you don't get your shit together, we're shutting shit down. And I, I will say, now I notice a couple of weeks in that there are fewer people out and when we are like when I am running through the park, there are definitely like people out there. There are definitely people, you know, around. But two things: one, people are absolutely keeping a distance, and hmm. and also it's very people are very purposeful. Like before, people were just kind of like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a little picnic. I'm just gonna go kick it with my girls," you know. No, like people are in the park for a reason. You're working out, you're taking a walk, and then like you're out. So I, I've noticed I noticed that it's uh, people seem to be taking it very seriously and are being very respectful and mindful of space. Lots of people with masks on, lots of people with gloves on. Yeah, like people are definitely taking it seriously now, um, which I think is great. Which I think is absolutely great. That's yeah. what I see in my hood. So good. Good. That makes me feel good. I, I just can't imagine if they, if they if they close the parks for people like, you know, city dwellers who live in like we live in a flat that's you know quite a bit bigger than what we had in New York. But it's still we don't have I don't have the floor space here to um, to do like what a proper do? I don't have the I don't have the I don't have the combination of the floor space and the ceiling height to do mm. like a kettlebell workout. I have I have one piece of workout equipment to in my possession, and that is a kettlebell. <laughs> And one, yeah. uh, it's about a 25-pound kettlebell. That's all I got. Um, I named her Kamala, by the way, um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yes. <laughs> um, and we've ordered a, we've ordered a, a Schwinn AC performance, you know, bike, but it's not here yet, and I don't know when it's coming. And um, you know, British customer service is <laughs> it's it's not great. You know, I've been waiting a week, and I and I and I don't I didn't expect it to be here in a day, but I I don't even know when it's coming, and I can't get anybody to call me I back. Know. Uh, so if I if the if they close the parks, man, I don't I don't know that I that I could do. I don't know what would happen. I think I would be in my bed all day. 
I don't know either. Like, and, and I will say, I don't think they're going to close the park. Um, they do have signs up saying like, welcome, you know, keep a motherfucking distance. Or maybe just not like that, but mm-hmm. welcome, keep your distance. Like, and I think people are definitely getting it. I will say like, but this is also, we're very privileged, right? Like being a professional yeah. person, you know, having the ability to work from home, you know, having, you know, the option to go out when I want to is a very privileged position to be in. Um, there are lots of people who cannot afford not to go to work and who are showing yeah. up every day, who are many the grocery stores that, you know, I'm going to the bodegas that I'm going to, you know, social distancing is not, you know, is not a possibility for them. And those are the people that I, I really feel for and try to be respectful mm. of. So like if I'm at the grocery store and they're like, look, five people in here, deal with it. I'll deal with it. Cause you know, you got to deal with it all yeah. day. I just got to deal with it for this hour or so. Yeah. I always say, I always say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for working. And I'm a little, I, I'm worried cause there's, there's the, uh, they're not called bodegas over here, but the equivalent of a, of a like a really nice bodega mm-hmm. is the place that we go to for just, you know, little bits and pieces. It's the closest grocery store to our house. And I have one man who works there who's like my favorite person. He's, he's oh. just, he's just always in a good mood, always just like, like amazing. And um, and he hasn't been there the past week, and I'm mm. really worried about him now. You know, um, Ugh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like I, I'm, I'm quite concerned about him. He was actually really patient. So the last time that Kelvin and I were allowed to go out into a pub, we went to our local, which happens mm-hmm. to be two doors down from this Tesco. <laughs> we got. I would. I wouldn't say we. I wouldn't say we were drunk, but we were not sober, and we. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into the yeah, Tesco and we loaded up on some frozen, you know, because we thought this is the last time we're going to be able to like, yeah. you know, go out and have a drink. So we did. But then, you know, as we got tips, we were like, we probably need more. We need more like, you know, uh-huh. um, staples in the house. We really do. So we go into Tesco. <laughs> we're tipsy. We're laughing and whatever. We load up all this shit, get up to the, the counter and we have contactless paying here, which I so we pay for everything with our phones. But what I didn't know is that you can only buy 30 pounds worth of stuff at a time with your phone because I never buy more than 30 pounds worth of anything in a yeah. grocery store because I as a, as a city dweller I go all the time I go like every day so we get up there and it's like 60 something pounds worth of stuff and so poor Ian had to undo everything that we did and then ring us oh. in and charge us three times you know and he was so patient and we ran into him on the street the other day and we're like oh dude I'm so sorry we were embarrassing he's like no don't it's, it's, it happens all the time don't feel bad but that was the last time we saw him and now oh. I'm really worried like I don't know I don't know why he's not at work uh, yeah, so, I mean it's yeah. look, it's real, you know, and and yeah, um, I I, I get it. I, I I've had a few friends who've had it. Some friends recover. Mm. Um, someone who did not recover. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, it, it's 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 real, and um, but that is why I think, you know, social distance. I mean, social distancing, wearing a mask, do whatever we got to do to flatten this curve, stop this foolishness and mayhem, and and just be thankful that, you know, got the privilege to be able to work from home, got the privilege to not have to go outside if I don't need to. I can't afford to have my groceries delivered, you know, and then just treat people well because we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all in this together. 
Yeah, we are. Are you able to get um, groceries delivered? Because that's one thing over here. You like the, the services are open, but it's impossible to get a delivery slot. We still have. Mm. We do meal kits, so we have. We've got our dinners covered. And honestly, if you know, like you've seen me and Kelvin, if we just had to survive on dinner for a month or two, we would make it. Yeah, you'd be all right. Yeah, <laughs> we would. We. We would survive. We've got, we've got, we got, we got plenty of reserves. You know, I, I always joke. I'm like, between your belly, between your belly and my ass, honey, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna make it through this. Um, um, but so, are you able to get delivery slots? I, I am. You know, I'm the opposite because I need to eat all the time because I love a snack, <laughs> and so I, I need a snack. And so, uh, yes, we, we are able to get deliveries. Delivery windows are tight, but we're able to get deliveries. And then also too. Uh, in my, in my new hood, I've got five grocery stores that are all open and within a ten minute walk from my bed. You know, you did you got to do. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even mind. I don't even mind like we're we're queuing up outside the door and you've got to have okay. the six feet, you know, between everybody. I actually kind of enjoy that when oh, people are walking doing? by. We're smiling. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and in you know, in London. In London, people usually do not smile at you and or wave at you or any of that business. And it took me it took me a good six months to stop stop like making eye contact and saying hi to people because they looked mm. at me like like I was crazy or homeless or wanted something from them. But now people are actually like waving at each other, and that 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 part feels really nice. Um, Again, where else are you going? Yeah. You, you want to be outside. You want to get the air. You want to see other people. Maybe you run into a neighbor. Like that's an experience in and of itself. And I was like, okay, I get that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta find. You know what I? You know I, I had. I had this great idea while I was out walking, um, and it was too late for me to implement, but here's what I think might be a fun thing for you and I to do in a future episode of this podcast is I think I should pull up some audio from our conversation, the postmortem after the election of some oh, of God. the kind of thoughts that we had yeah. and then and then comment on them because we I, I remember what my my main takeaway, my and I haven't revisited it. I haven't I haven't listened to it since we recorded it. However, my main takeaway from that was you like talking me off the ledge and saying, Darby, there are still good people, more good people than bad people. It's it's this is not going to be as bad as we think it is. We're, this is going to be a rallying cry for America, blah, 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 blah. And I want to pull up some of those quotes and then we can compare it to what actually happened. <laughs> I think that's great. And I yes. And I think we should keep I think what you're doing with this podcast is wonderful, too, because look, just like in 2016, now, in 2020, we are living in a moment, a pivotal moment in history. And we're going to yeah. look back at this time, and we're going to ask ourselves, like, wow, what a moment in history. This is truly a once-in-a-generational, hopefully, thing. And we're going to look yeah. back at this recording, and we're going to be, and it's going to be a time capsule for us. And so I think, yeah, I, I'm totally down for that. And I think what you're doing right now is so special and so important for that reason we're going to come back to this moment to maybe these recordings to not only remember i think mm. what we're experiencing but i also like sometimes i do go back to that 2016 recording and i and i mm. and i hope with this recording like with that one i can come back and i can remember that we can overcome when shit gets really crazy mm. when we're thrown with something that we totally don't expect when life just gets hard we have the ability to push through and overcome because we've done it before. And if we can do it before, yeah. we can do it again. And so, 
you know, I think I think this will be one of those moments, and I think we're going to come back to these the podcasts and these journals that we're writing and these thoughts that we're having, and I think that they're going to be a source of inspiration and motivation for us. Yeah, that's my hope. I mean, I'm making these honestly just as a way to process the feelings Mm -hmm. that I'm having and that my friends and family are having. But my goal with this thing is to, you know, build up however many episodes it is for as long as we're in this situation. We might be I might be making this show for a year. It might be 18 months before this thing is all over. And then I'm going to hire a really good editor (laughs) to go through and condense it down into something that's maybe an hour, 90 minutes long with all of the just the best bits and pieces of mm-hmm. um, the the timeline of, of, of our, our progress and hopefully recovery from it so that's kind of that's kind of the plan for this and I'm really grateful to you Jamal for being a part of it because that's I cool. always love talking to you I always love this talking to you and we'll do it again yeah honey yeah absolutely anytime um, this has been wonderful and just before just one more question for you if yeah. you have any piece of advice for people one one coping me- me- mechanism one coping strategy what would it be perspective it all hmm. comes down to your perspective we're, we're in this and we've got to go through it you know you can't change that but what you can change is how you treat yourself going through it you can either beat yourself up knock yourself over the head be negative, look at every bad, look at everything that's awful and have a shitty experience. Or you can choose to look at the positives that are going around, the, the, the opportunities that you have, the, the chances that you have to really make a change in your life and to come out of this bigger, better, bolder. So it's really going to come down to your perspective. And I think if you can keep a positive perspective, if we can look for opportunities in the crisis and think about how we can come out of this better, we're going to have a smoother experience getting through it. All right. I love that. I think that's a really good note to end on. Um, Jamal, where can people find you if they want to follow you on the on Instagram or Twitter? What, 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 what's your, your favorite way for people to, um, to check in with you? Yeah, I'm on the IG at it's Jamal Smith. Okay, cool. I'll post a link um, on these here interwebs, and I will let you know when this is up. I love you, Jamal. Thank you for doing this. Love you, too.